All right, before we get into this episode, I once again need to provide a little preface and context because just like this division, these episodes are devolving and can just go off the rails, just like any team's game in this division. Uh, So in the leastest fashion, this episode went pretty well up until uh, the point that I had an unexpected interruption that caused me to have to leave co-host Connor, to quote himself, unsupervised, and hold down the fort for an extended period of time. So that's why this episode is a little bit longer, and that's why you're going to get a nice little monologue by him. But uh, don't deter, hope that doesn't deter you from listening. I think it's a great episode still, but did have to go off the mic a little bit, thus the title. So without further ado, I'll give it over to myself from yesterday and hope you guys enjoy the episode yo what up welcome back to another nfc least edition of the rambling viking podcast where this week was i don't know kind of exactly what you'd want a weird week of football had a little qb square dancing going on little game musical chairs you know riding that carousel it was spinning and some other some other notable things happened uh our predictions were pretty on par, uh, minus a couple little hiccups, but uh, we got Connor as always on the podcast, and so Connor, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, we were uh, incredibly close to nailing the Washington uh, Washington Forty ers game on the mm-hmm. nose. We were real close. We said fifteen nineteen, ended up fifteen twenty three. Another yeah. weird score. And we were right there. I mean, within the margin of error for sure. So I think that was our best prediction of the year so far. Uh, Definitely. Definitely so. Because the other ones, uh, you know, don't remember verbatim because, and why check? What do you you think this is? The the NFC Most podcast? No. Get out of here. But, you know, the Eagles one, kind of surprising. But Cowboys just, well, more. It's more so the Bengals, really. The Bengals lost, uh, were, really. Were, the Bengals and 49ers were both gunning. They heard about our honorary NFC Least team True. of the week. Yeah, they heard we were uh, taking you know, our, applications. Our, yeah, our division plus one. So they, uh, they, they, re- they were interested. They wanted to yeah. throw in their applications, and we'll get to that later in the show. But that was a big reason why. And then, I mean, the Giants kind of did. I don't know if we predicted it, but at to be expected, right? You you get on a hot streak. What do you need to do? You need to cool you need to down. Cool your jets, and that they did. Mm-hmm. Dumped a as bucket of ice could, on themselves as they could. <laughs> Dumped a giant bucket of ice on themselves and in the form of Daniel out. Jones, a uh, semi-healthy Daniel Jones or semi-hurt, whichever way you want to call it. But I think yeah, we can go ahead. Say semi-hurt. Semi-hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was mostly healthy, right? Yeah, mostly healthy. Yeah, mostly healthy. <laughs> mostly healthy. Gotcha. Cool. Well, we can go ahead and jump into it. It was a uh, it's an interesting week to say the least. Would you want to start with that uh, the Cowboys Bengals game? Oh know. sure, yeah. That rip roaring high octane game. Um, yeah, that yeah, was crazy. The Cowboys crushed them thirty to seven. Um, because. The longer we go with the Bengals without Joes, it it gets uglier and uglier. And uh, when you don't have Joe, you don't know. So they just decided to lose. Um, Andy Dalton did disturbingly all right. Didn't appreciate that. In a revenge game, I will say. Yeah. Getting to go up against his former team. So I'm sure that's probably why he did well. Uh, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 16 to 23, 185 yards, and one rush for negative one yards. So that's fun, too. At least he did that. Um, that much was appreciated. But outside of that, I don't know if we could really say the Cowboys won this game. It was really the Bengals lost because yeah. they are just so bad. I mean, they only threw the ball for 171 yards. Wait a minute. So they had some negative plays? Hold on. Explain this to me. Andy Dalton threw for 185 yards, but they only had 171. Sure. Yeah, negative yards. Okay, just making sure I'm thinking right. Yeah, no, he you're doing the math right. Yards. 
I don't know. Maybe they take into account sacks. Yes, that's exactly. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that, yeah. In the NFL, sacks go against pass. Uh, well, pass yards. That makes sense. That checks out. All right, cool. I had yeah. never noticed that before, or even bothered to look at that. I usually just read the quarterbacks, <laughs> but um, you know how it goes. Yeah, and they only had a hundred and one rushing yards. Would have been one hundred and two, but Andy Dalton still had to least out a little bit. Flex on the yep. haters. And uh, we do so need to say that their kicker, Greg, Greg Zerlin, really, um, for his sanity, rebounded well from last week when he was abysmal and very leasty. Uh, he was three for three. So, you know, I guess he's back out of our good graces, but probably back into the getting paid good graces. He still has a job, good graces, which yes. I can't be too mad at him for that. Like, look, you want to least enough, but you don't want to go full Carson Wentz and lose your job, okay? <laughs> Never exactly. go full Wentz. And unfor- that is unfortunately the name he has currently earned until he is named the starter again. Hooray! Well, other highlights um, or lowlights, they only punted twice for 99 yards. One of them was a touchback. They did break 50 um with their long of 51 yards but that's about it i mean that's about all i got for this game you have anything else yeah no i do not i really do not where do you want to move next i was thinking we'd go ahead and go to the Eagles saints game it was kind of uh, an, an unfortunate but i would i would deem is necessary win since Agreed. since one team had to win in Washington, it's yep. like, all right, we need someone else to win, right? We get one win, we get two wins. We, we yep. do it in tandem. Well, I mean, it worked out pretty well because both the Cowboys and the Eagles won. They were still at three wins apiece. So now right. they're up to four wins, still within a game of the lead in the NFC East. We need to keep it really tight going into week 17 where no one knows what's going to happen. If any single team wins – they might just make the playoffs. That's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And with those two wins, yeah. even though Washington won, we're still close enough. That's right. That is right. So uh, obviously Jalen Hurts, they shifted gears. And to put it to – because I can't help myself, but I'll keep it brief. To put it briefly, <laughs> they basically scapegoated Wentz in that – Crappy offense, crappy play calling um, for the entire season, which good job leasting. And then yep. they're like, oh, it's the quarterback. And then they do all of the play calling, all the scheming that really they should have been doing and could have been doing with their first quarterback, but decided, no, 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 we couldn't do that with you. We could only do that with this quarterback. I was literally watching it going like, oh, yeah, we played like this. I don't know. Insert good moment from the past three years here. And that's what we did. And I was like, looks, looks normal. Nothing different here, but that's my two cents on a fan level. We can get back to leasing. I don't mean to hijack. With me on this, I'd be doing this where you play Jalen hurts a few weeks he looks really good. Then you sit him down before everyone realizes that maybe he's not so good and then trade him in the off season. When is uh, value right. the th- games and he looks in them. Yeah. Do you think of over- the offseason deal? He played four games real well. Um, and then you see because he's got that. contract my hands behind my back every which way and this is my absolute last time moved to the game they're playing like we need because we gave him all 
all the money. Munst, mm-hmm. The Saints, which I, I don't know. Taysom Hill is just not a great passer of the football. He's just not. He's a really like impeccable athlete. Really good football mm. player. Not a good passer of the football. And it's a little bit like Jalen Hurts. Um, great, great athlete. Great football player. I, I'm, I'm at least going to say pretty suspect passer of the football. And that's what this game was. And we, we said last week it was going to be who rushes the ball the most. It's going to be massive rushing yards. Well, the Eagles had, what, almost 250 yards rushing? Yep, just yep, under. And the Saints had just over 100, 101, something like that, 111, 101. And that's your difference. That's how you win and lose those kind of games. That's how they won and lost games in the 50s. That's how they won and lost this game. <laughs> Sometimes you can take football out of old school mode, but you can't take the old school methods out of football, at least for yep. success rate. You know what I'm saying? Football can try and move on, but at the end of the day, your defense defenses can still win and running games can still very much win championships. You know what I'm saying? Yep, especially but when neither team can pass the ball. Not at all. So uh high note is Jake Elliott missed a like twenty-six yard field goal just randomly yep. in the middle of the game. Just totally botched. I think he dinged it off the upright, if I remember correctly. Yes, he did. Uh but in the end. New Orleans kicker was like, hey, you guys leasing over there? Uh, well, Will Lutz went 0 for, 0 for 2 on field goals. He did make his all, all of his extra points, but he missed two field goals, which for him is uncharacteristic. But I think it's just me, the, the, the least margin of victory in this game. I might have forgotten. He was th- three. So three he was one for, two, one for two. Okay. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Great yeah. job, buddy. He, he hits one of those. That's overtime. Maybe and maybe we know a different, how the different Eagles like to have ties. So, oh man, every time it's gotten close to overtime, I'm I'm just like, all right, we're we're trying to get multiple ties. Oh, let's freaking do this. Okay, here we go. And uh, they disappoint though. They remind me. Yeah. Get reminded by the ghost of Christmas past that they can only have uh, one per <laughs> one decade. decade. It has to be against yep. the Bengals. Let's yep, go ahead and move on to your. Uh, your Giants and their little quarterback square dance. <sighs> yeah, uh, Giants lost seven to twenty six. Um, great for uh, this podcast purposes. Terrible for the uh, inner and outer fan in me because that was awful. Um, uh, Daniel Jones. They decided, hey, you're our starter. We're going to play you. Are you healthy? And he looked the other way, crossed both of his fingers and his toes, looked into the sky and said, uh-huh. And the Giants' whole organization was like, all right, let's do it. And, yeah, he was uh, – um, how do I put this? Oh, right, right, right. Bad. Um, he was bad. <laughs> he fumbled the ball thrice just because mm. he never senses pressure, ever. You would think after having a couple of years under his belt with this terrible line, he would be like, you know, I bet you there's someone coming on the backside. Almost guaranteed. I got to get this ball out quick. No, no, we're good at that. No, no, thanks. I'm, I don't know. They brought in Colt McCoy near the end because they were like, Daniel, you are clearly hurt. Please tell me you're hurt because this is, if this is you healthy, we have made grave mistakes. Um, they couldn't run the ball. Um, there was no touchdowns, no interceptions, but, I mean, it was just fumble fest. Um, Kyler Murray also could move around. I don't know what we were hearing last week about him not being able, like he might be a little injured. He was not this week. He was mm-hmm. moving. He was full toddler going crazy mode. So, you know, perfect timing for that, I guess. <laughs> I I don't know. Do you got anything else on this? Because I I don't know. What are the punting stats? Give me give me something good. Before we do that, I am going to give you something great. Actually, maybe half great. You know, because since okay. you're a fan of this team, five fumbles <laughs> yeah. by the Giants. Three of them lost. Mm, two Oof. were theirs that they recovered. 
But and uh, Daniel Jones had three fumbles by himself, and then Colt McCoy, in the short time he played, managed to fumble and lose the fumble. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's uh, that's 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 a stat right there. That's a highlight. That's earning you at least for Daniel Jones individually three. That's like, hey, I'm gunning for NFC least player of the least. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, punting. Yeah. Punting was big day for, for the Giants. Eight punts, 390 <laughs> yards, long of 55, one touchback, one inside the 20, one coffin corner. So wow. big day for them. A lot of yards. Really contributing and helping us get to that. What is that? That 10,000 that 10, yard oh, mark, yeah, which, by the way, close. foreshadowing, we're, oh, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get it probably next week. Hey, depending on how things go, so we can we can shift away from this uh, very much NFC least game <laughs> onto yes. another just least game is what I'm gonna call it. Just a yeah. just a leasting on all sides. The and, Washington uh, football team and the San Francisco. At this point, they've got to be like the 48ers, maybe even the 47ers, because. You can you can't be this struggle without being docked at least Agreed. one digit, maybe even two. Yeah, I agree with that. This is the one that we talked about earlier. We were pretty much spot on on our uh, prediction. It was twenty three fifteen. Sadly, Washington was the higher number. We didn't know last week, mm-hmm. and um, it was Washington, which really, really stinks. They got to lose while everyone else wins one more time. That's what we're hoping for into this next week, just so that way we're real tight and everything's real weird. Yes. Uh, But I will say Alex Smith did go out of this game. I think it was in the fourth, Mm, early fourth. No, it was was third. 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 Yeah, I watched it today because I was looking at the stat sheet and I said, hold on, Dwayne Haskins? I, I was like, Ghost of Christmas passed me. What? That guy's around? <laughs> you tell me Riverboat Ron had to go Dwayne? Uh, so carry on. Yeah, he did. Uh, because I don't I don't know what exactly it was. It was a calf contusion or something. A strain. Um, yeah. Something like that to where maybe the uh, inner workings of that rebuilt leg are starting to chip away or something. I don't know. It didn't look great, but... Once again, it's not like he was lighting it up before he went down. I mean, he had no touchdowns no. and one pick, so thanks, Alex Smith. Dwayne Haskins came in, no touchdowns, no interceptions. It's just the 49ers are bad. <laughs> they're, just, they're just really bad. Um, I will say, fun so fact, bad. Dwayne Haskins, four rushes, negative 12 yards. Mm. That's exciting. That's that's, that's contention for NFC least player the least. It's right there. there. Four times? Because yep. you know, a lot of times it's like whatever, you know, they got one or two rushes and like negative two or three yards. He has four. He tried four times. It's almost a handful yep. and went zilch. He averaged uh he averaged negative three yards. His long, meaning the most most positive yards he got. honestly wasn't even sure when I went back and we, when I looked at the stat sheet I was like oh crap did Alex Smith get benched because we're in the NFC least did he get benched or hurt again and that's what I tried to figure out and like watching highlights and stuff I kind of pieced together I was like okay he got yeah. hurt because it would have been so wild if he was bad enough that Riverboat Ron was like look at this kid whom he I'm pretty sure hates so. and say you're yep, up bud going full circle. you're up mm-hmm so the QB carousel was alive and yep. well this week. It was crazy. So, uh, yeah, neither of them. I mean, Alex Smith, eight for 19, 57 yards, one pick. He's, well, this one's the zero to 100, but his QBR was eight. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne Askins, seven for 12 for 51 yards. Um, so neither of them did anything. And the Nick Mullins, I thought he threw two picks, maybe, but it says here he only threw one. But either way. Either way, bad game for him. Gosh, minus 12. That's so incredible. And then, uh, oh, the other one was a fumble. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. Nick Mullins yeah. trying to put in his application to come join our division because he clearly is a quarterback that belongs he here. Does. One pick, one fumble. And the fumble, I want to say, was towards – I don't remember where it was. It was towards the end of the game. It was returned for a touchdown, though. 
So uh, punting-wise, we had Tressway, obviously big leg, big things coming from him. Eight punts, 398 yards, one coffin corner, and his long of 50 eight dude was slinging hold on let me see if i can pull up his average if i switch it yeah his average was 49.8 his average and he booted it eight times that is guy was moving so uh yeah it was a big game and that was actually going to bring me to my very uh the coveted prize of the (laughs) nfc least player of the week just because i think the timing is too too perfect here but I am going to – I actually decided to select the entire Washington football team offense as my NFC least player oh. of the least <laughs> because through all my research today, getting ready for the show, I found out, you know, Washington won 23-15. to 15. The offense scored zero touchdowns. Zero. Their offense did not <laughs> score a touchdown. I think they only kicked two field goals, and that was early on. Everything else was a touchdown scored defensively. I mean, you, yeah, you went and won the game, but one side of that, it was more San Francisco. It, they were competing who could lose because San Francisco yeah. lost the game, and they did a better job. Washington, unfortunately, had a defense that at least cares a little bit about trying or at least having fun and getting to hit people, and that panned out for them. But no points scored. So the entire Washington football team offense, you are my NFC least player of the least. I like it. Um, I'm kind of going to go in a similar vein to you, but different. I am choosing the entire coaching and medical staff of the Giants. Who decided? (laughs) Who in their right mind was like, Daniel Jones looks good. Let's play him. Who did this? Was it Joe Judge? Was it the GM Gettleman? Was it the trainer? Was it the medical professionals that they have there? What happened? Was it the owner? What happened? Because that guy was not ready in any way. He was stiff. He couldn't move. And he forgot how to hold on to the ball. I can blame him some, sure, because that was terrible. But I also don't think his body was even remotely ready. So, at a certain point, you have to cut the druggie off from the drug. Don't let that man play football until he can actually play. He doesn't need help being bad. No. And you know what's funny is, isn't he only two weeks removed from, like, his strained, maybe even pulled hamstring? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm theorizing this was main, this was heavily influenced by Joe Judge, the former, you know, special teams coordinator. Because for special teams, if you can walk, you're on the field. Like, That's you're true. on kickoff, you can walk, they're like, oh, yeah, there's no sub, and get out there. Because you're just sprinting down the field trying to hit somebody. So, yep. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, I like your pick. And I'm going to theorize that Joe Judge had a heavy hand in that. Because I just hear in general, he has a heavy hand. I so, think you're right. I think you're right. Those are NFC least players of the least. Now, Connor, do you have an honorary player and or team for this week? Oh, wow. It pretty much has to be Mullins and the Niners, the Seveners. How it's not. I mean, that is just, I mean, he was horrendous the entire time. I know he passed directly to, um, uh, to the, football team defenders at least once I know it was because one of them was a pick six and then there was another one I think was just dropped and then there was the whole situation where uh, Chase Young was attacking him and he just kind of tried to get rid of it popped it straight up into the air and there was that Um, all in all Mullins is really really bad and belongs in our division i mean if it was him or daniel jones this last week it would have been a really nice thing for me to be able to say i don't know it could be either one of them i can't tell them apart and so that's why i think he's the honorary member i think he's a great pick and i'm going to second that pick because all i did all i watched were highlights like you know a 10 minute youtube video and he was bad (laughs) so bad it was like, oh my gosh, you make bad quarterbacks look good. 
Yep. So I was like, man, you belong in our division. So shout out to Nick Mullen. You are NFC, your honor, honorary NFC least member of the week. Say member because sometimes it's a team, sometimes it's an individual player. But that's uh, that's how we like to do here. So why don't we do a quick stat update before we move into our classic randomness? You know how that goes. (laughs) So now, like you said, um, minus the football team's win, and we've we've dissected that game enough, so we understand it was hard not to win. You know. Everyone else getting the the two teams getting Cowboys and Eagles getting a win was good. Cowboys four and nine, Eagles four eight and one, Giants five and eight, and football team six and seven. So basically, you have the Eagles being a game and a half out of first, Giants being two games out of first, and then or Giants, sorry, the Cowboys being two games, and the Giants only being one game technically out of first, especially because they have the tiebreaker. So this is exactly where we want it to be as a division. Nobody knows who's going to come out on top, especially since the Cowboys still have to play the Eagles in Week 16, and then the Eagles, I believe, play the Washington football team in Week 17. And I know the Giants, I think, play the Cowboys one more time. Yes, it's whole it's a whole crazy. I was watching today and they uh, they pulled up the NFC East like remaining schedule, all four teams in tandem. And it was something else. So the cow, honestly, the Cowboys have a so, you know, the Cowboys have a good chance, right? They have San Fran, Philly and, and New York, the Giants. So if that's not a recipe to possibly get three wins and say nobody else wins, they win the division. That's Boom, true. shakalaka. The Giants. Uh, have got Cleveland and Baltimore and then Dallas. So they're going to (laughs) go through the gauntlet and then have to face a potentially energized Dallas. I don't know, but it's possible, right? They lose those two games. Everyone else loses and they beat Dallas. Guess what? They've won the division. They've won it. (laughs) And And they can get beat down the next two weeks. Then Philly, who has Arizona, Dallas, and Washington. So they could lose. And then went out and take the division, essentially. Crazy, right? <laughs> Washington, of course, they're in the lead right now. There is a scenario. Well, well no, there's not because they play each other. I was going to say if everyone lost, but there'd have to be like three ties. So <laughs> I wish there was a scenario where they could lose out and still win the division, but there's not. There's too many people playing in each other. They have Seattle, who normally I would say, whoa, watch out, but I don't know. Because Seattle no last week was our honorary NFC least team of the week. And it was just like, oh my gosh. So there, there's no time. And then it's our offense that has been just abysmal or spotty at best. So, yeah, man, I don't know. It's, but I think there's enough offense there. And the football team has enough of a non-offense. So, man, he's yeah, I, I see, And they have Carolina, who I think is just equally as bad. I don't it's, know. It's honestly total Is sometimes they play pretty well. Other times mm-hmm. you're like, "Wow, this team is terrible." Right. I, it's yeah. <laughs> crapshoot so is a really good way of putting it. Total crapshoot, and then of course they play the Eagles in Week 17. So, with how many of these teams are playing each other in the last four weeks, three weeks? Sorry, it's. It is a total crapshoot, and this is exactly where we want to be. And I don't know if there – I know there was, like, two weeks ago, a scenario where two NFC least teams got yep, in, got was. into the playoffs, and don't I don't know, know if that's still, still alive. alive. <laughs> I don't really care to look for it, but, you know, that is what it is. So that's the big – those are the big uh, updates. Um, Washington, sadly, is now a positive four on their net points. But what are they doing? I look, I don't know, man. They're also above league. league they're they're now bug, above league average on their completion percentage at sixty five point four. They're just Outrageous. they're doing some crazy stuff. Um, you know, touchdown interception ratios still about the same. Other highlights are going to be, like I said, and I foreshadowed earlier, our punt yards. We are at ninety six seventy five punt yards. Wow. Oh yeah, we're eclipsing mm-hmm. it next week. We have to. We we only need 325 yards combined to get to get that next week. And it's like the Giants are playing the Browns who came off of a real hot game. It's like if they yeah. if it goes anything like last week, one team alone is going to get us 
those punt yards. But pretty much, I mean, I, I think, yeah, we're gonna break that ten thousand uh, threshold. It's gonna be real, real good time. So that's really the biggest one. I don't know if we're gonna get to five thousand penalty yards. It's a lot to ask for. We're just under halfway. I think we'll get to three thousand. We're at twenty three ninety one, but yeah. That's uh that's that's basically the stat highlights and the outlook for for now. Um we might do a more in-depth one closer to the end, one of these last few weeks where we really kind of look a look back on the season, you know, and really as we know what our final fate is gonna be. But awkwardly I, I keep having this flashback to this episode we did where I feel like we maybe talked about the Washington football team having a surprise year and being good. Now yep. We may have predicted them to be, I don't know, like Kansas City good. However, Maybe not considering how this good. division has panned out. Yeah. Coming Fair. out on the on the winning end of the division and getting into the playoffs, I would say still qualifies us as being right. And that's a so. that's an episode though, I think a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks away from now, that we may have to revisit and see how bad how wrong we were, but also how right we were. So Yep. Connor, pass the reins off to you. What is our randomness this week? Well, the topic that we always talk about, because it's the off-topic topic, on-topic, uh, for the topic of the division, for the off-topic NFC least division topic, this week, I'm going to ask you, closets or attics? Attics all day. Okay, I thought so. So, I don't know if you see these pop up sometimes, but I'm just scrolling through online. You know, I'm just messing around looking for articles to read, and a bunch of times it pops up something like with a sitcom. Maybe I've watched it, maybe I haven't. And then it says three of the best storylines from How I Met Your Mother and three of the worst. And then you kind of read through it real quick. You're like, "Oh, I wonder what they have to say." And you're like, "Oh, this is kind of dumb." Well, I decided to do one of those. <laughs> I have three reasons to have hope for the future as a fan of this of your respective NFC Lease team and three reasons to throw a pity party. All right. <laughs> so we'll lead off with the Giants because this one was pretty easy for me. Um, our three reasons to hope. Hope one, the defense actually seems to be pretty good as they just gave up 26 to the Cardinals, but there was so much of that was fumbles. So it seems like they're fairly young and pretty good. That's some hope. Hope number two, Saquon will come back. He will. He, he has to. I, I totally forgot about him. Full disclosure. We need the Quan back. I totally forgot about him. Yep. Imagine how different so it would be with Quan. Anyway. Uh, wow. Number three, Joe Judge looks like he might be the real deal at coach. I was kind of worried because, you know, he's a special teams coordinator coming into this. But I don't know. He's got him playing hard. He might be the real deal. That's some hope. Now, mm. for the other side of the coin. Yeah. Reasons to throw a pity party. One, Daniel Jones seems to be the quarterback of the future. <laughs> 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 uh, okay uh pity number two the offensive line is still uh suspect we'll say that's a uh, fan talk for bad and then number three jason garrett is still the offensive coordinator he is still there and i don't think he's gonna go anywhere after this year forgot that was a thing yep so those are some things to uh have to deal with for me and the other fans of the Giants. Next, we'll move right on to you and the Eagles. We'll give you some Boy. hope first before we just crash it all down. Uh, hope number one, maybe Jalen Hurts has improved at throwing since college. He looked like he made some decent passes against the Saints. Mm -hmm. That's some hope. Maybe so. Uh, number two, maybe Carson Wentz just needed this time to get right. Maybe he needed to step back and see from a whole different angle. Maybe so. Maybe it'll help him. That's some hope. And then three is really the most important one. Maybe they'll actually be healthy next year, right? I mean, 
it has to be better than it has been, especially this year. I mean, in years past, last couple of years, it's been bad, but it has to be better next year and into the future. I mean, bro, we, right? we can't have we can't have this many injuries this consistently for this long. Like I am sitting here going, it, we're already three seasons deep in, in being injury ridden. It's like I can't. Uh-huh. I almost can't handle another season of this. Like it has to, we, the bug has to move on from us. Yep. So get excited for that. Cause now we're going mm. pity. Oh boy. <laughs> pity. Um, the offensive play calling is not great at best. I know you've had your, uh, qualms with it. And, um, I don't know if you, how mm-hmm. much you went into it on pod. I can't really remember, but I've heard quite a bit about it. And, uh, yeah, it's not great. Number two, your Super Bowl leniency period is expiring this next year. Yeah. We can't say, but we just won a Super Bowl. Nope. That time has now passed. Mm. And it really has passed for your head coach. He can't rely on that anymore. This is the last At all. And then finally, Carson Wentz still has a massive contract left. What what do you do? You're gonna back up a dude who's making 17, 18 mil a year? Is that the plan? Seriously? I, it's honestly what it what it's akin to is you buy your girlfriend a pony and you unveil it to her and then she breaks up with you and you just go, <laughs> What am I supposed to do with this? I have, I have a, a pony, pony There's now. No return, Why? There's no return policy on a pony. I live in a one bedroom apartment. Yeah. <laughs> You're the one who has the room. <laughs> <laughs> yep, oh, that's yeah, a bummer. Man. So let's move on to something we can both uh, enjoy a little more when it comes to pity time. The Cowboys. Yeah, buddy. Health number one for the Cowboys. Dak may be healthy next year. He might. Yeah. So, you know, get excited, Cowboy fan. He might. Number two, Ezekiel Elliott can't have this bad of a season next year, right? I mean, surely right? not. This has been sure. atrocious front to back. Number three, the receiving core is excellent. And I mean that in all legitimacy. Their receivers are fantastic. Dude, quarterbacks quarterbacks would kill. You give Tom Brady just one, maybe two of these receivers at like prime in his career, and you're seeing oh, yeah. repeats of the Randy Moss year. You I know? agree. I agree. Crazy, crazy times and potential so now let's uh let's get excited you and me and it's pity time <clears throat> time Number to one. talk some trash your coach is mike mccarthy next year <laughs> jerry jones has already confirmed that oh. that's happening it's the nfl's uh, version of mccarthyism <laughs> exactly number two <laughs> deck isn't under contract for next year so are you going to franchise tag a dude coming off an ankle lobotomy? Is that the plan? Seriously? <laughs> or are you going to go red rifle some more? What What's the plan? Because it doesn't look good. No matter what. Even if he is healthy, that's really risky. Number three. The O-line looks very, very old. And really injured. Often. They look so old. That does not work for the kind of team that they're trying to be. And that's the thing. You don't be old one season, then next year you're like, hey, we're all young now. No. We're all we're all young and in the primes. Yeah. That is uh, not how that works. Mm-mm. So let's move on to uh, football team. Hope number one. Chase Young looks incredible. That dude is wild how good he seems to be. He single-handedly ruined Mullins this week. I mean, ruined him. And it was so funny. Um, Hope number two, Alex Smith is alive. Well, I mean, but now he's injured again, so who knows? But, I mean, you still brought a man back from the dead, so maybe you could do it again? That's exciting. No. Oh my gosh, no. they can hope. Let's hope. I don't know. All right. Uh, number three, Ron Rivera 
he's a dang good coach. He still is. He's still a pretty good coach. If he can work with this ragtag bunch of ne'er-do-wells, I think he can uh, figure it out for the future. So, um, now we're going to move on to the pity party for the football team. And uh, these are a little more of the, uh, oh, how should I say this? A little hurtful if you uh, pay attention or care at all about this team. But it's truthful looking forward. Pity number one, they will still be the Washington football team next year. How how that is still the move going forward into 2021 and maybe beyond. Maybe they're the Washington football team for the next five years. I don't know. But you're a team with no name for the foreseeable future, apparently. And that is uh, painful. Um, Pity number two. You're not going to be anywhere near bad enough to get a good draft pick so that way you can get you a new quarterback. I mean, already they've won way too many games to be able to get the top four, top five draft pick, really. So now that means that, you know, your Trevor Lawrence, he is long gone. Whatever quarterback everyone decides is secretly the number two guy, and maybe they'll draft him over Trevor Lawrence, but they definitely won't. They're not getting him either. So that means they're still stuck with either Dwayne Haskins, maybe they re-sign Alex Smith because I think he's a free agent at the end of the year, or you go back with uh, whatever's Josh Allen, Brendan Allen, Jake Allen, one one of the Allens that they have. Um, I don't know which one it is, but it's one of them's, and so their quarterback situation going forward I don't know how long you can hope that uh, Alex Smith's leg will just keep working. I mean, sooner or later, they're going to have to repossess that thing. There's just too much money into it, too much metal and parts into it that it's not going to get repoed. I'm sorry. And then finally, pity number three, and it's to me it's the worst one, and it's the most painful, and it's the one that needs needs to be said over and over and over until it can't be said anymore. Number three, Dan Snyder is still your owner. He's still your owner. And we're never going to let you forget it. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing that anyone can think, be, or say that will not make him the Washington football team owner. And he has proven time and time and time and time and time and time and time again that he might be the worst owner in all of professional sports. He's certainly the worst owner in the NFL. I don't think it's close. Um, As far as the worst owner overall within all sports, I mean, it's got to be him. And then, oh, wow, who else would it even be? It would be uh, in the NBA – uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers owner, and he, oh, I'm forgetting his name. Oh, it's not Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder's who we're talking about. Uh, Dan Gilbert. No wonder I got it confused. It's two Dan's. If your name is Dan and you own a professional sports team in the in the USA, chances are your name is Dan and you're terrible. That's just what it is. Dan Gilbert is the Dan Snyder of the NBA. And they are the worst two owners that I can think of in all professional sports. And so that's my number three. That's my final one. I mean, the football team, although they are winning this season, I don't think there's any chance or any remind, any way they don't need to be reminded that going forward, they're still the Washington football team. It's no good, and it will never be good. I refuse to think. They can win two more Super Bowls, and they'll still be Washington and the laughing stock of a terrible division. But now that I've done that, I'm going to go on to a extra little soapbox 
about Daniel Jones because I am I'm still perplexed about him. I'm confused. I want him to be good as a fan. Everything I've seen from him, I would not not everything. That's not fair. Ninety-five to ninety-eight percent of what I've seen from him is I would say lackluster, but that would make me feel like uh, I think there's still hope. Because 25 to 30% of me thinks there is no hope for this player, and what are we doing still holding on to him? But then there's about 20 to 30% of me watching him, really watching close. I think, wow, he's got some talent. He's he Maybe. But then there's the fact that he fumbles so much and just apparently never senses the pressure coming from the back end. And that is forever going to be a recipe for disaster. You don't get over fumbling, especially whenever you're already professional. That's just not what happens. And I have to think that that is just not what's going to happen here. So that's my little uh, tangent about Daniel Jones. As far as who I think, could replace him. I'm thinking. I honestly think either Kaepernick or Tim Tebow. I prefer the option to where we sign both of them, so that way everyone both hates us and everyone loves us at the same time. I think that would be really well because um, both of them are pretty athletic. Both of them probably at this point are suspect at best at reading defenses and throwing the ball down the field with any real success. So we institute what would really be a two-quarterback offensive system where they're both on the field at all times. A lot of times they're both in the backfield at both times, and then they just shift left and right. You run read option always with a pass, you know, a hot route on every field, whether they hand the ball off or not. That way, defenses have to be completely honest at all times, because they both can go up the middle. They can take a little bit of beating, especially Tebow. And then they're both fast enough to beat, you know, some D lineman around the end. And then if you also throw in a quick slant or maybe a, I don't know, an out route as the option there, whether it's a handoff or a pass, um, you know, you hand it off. So, Okay. Really, I think the best way to explain this is to break it down and give you a full play. So you got two split outs on your right side. Okay. Kaepernick under center. No, let's let's go shotgun. Let's go shotgun. So Kaepernick is in position, the traditional quarterback spot. Tebow just to the left of him. I'm sorry I lied to you. Let's move Tebow over to the right. So Tebow's on the right. And then you have your tight end over on the left. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So you run read option to where you're reading the defense, uh, the right end for the defense. Read him. If he takes Tebow, Kaepernick pulls the ball. Your split out over here is one's running a slant, one's running an out. If the corner comes in, you throw the out. If the safety comes up too far or whoever's guarding the furthest inside guy, maybe it's a linebacker, if he comes in, you throw the slant. If not, if both if uh, both the linebacker or safety take the slant, the corner takes the out route, Kaepernick keeps the ball, runs it up the field. Now, if the defensive end does not go for uh, – doesn't go down on the fake handoff, you know, doesn't take the running back, in this case it would be Tebow – if he doesn't do that, if he's staying, you know, staying firm on Kaepernick, then you give the ball over to Tebow, and you're tied in. He's going to slip out and run. Oh, probably a probably a seam route would probably be the best case. And so it's taken long enough to where either that linebacker is going to crash up, and Tebow can throw over the top. Maybe it's a jump pass. You know, that was his traditional. I mean, he was the first one I know of to have done that back when he was at Florida. Then, if the linebacker stays back, stays with the uh, stays with the tight end, Tebow keeps it, goes up the middle. That way, at all times, you have options, no matter what you're doing. The only issue with that would be, 
is if you would get a legal man downfield because you're wanting your O-line to really fire off the ball. But I think everything would be quick enough to where your lineman wouldn't have the chance to be able to get all the way down the field further than five yards. So I'm not sure what the counter to that uh, as far as the defense would go. Um, Sooner or later, obviously, you'd have to deal with safeties coming down. Um, They're disguising looks to where – and I don't know. Maybe a zone would kind of uh, prevent some of that from working if, you know, the corners just – um, in the shallow flats there, and then you have a linebacker in the, you know, taking the kind of the middle, middle flat area. If that's the case, I, I don't know if you'd be able to work it out, but that's a different kind of wrinkle to the whole read option thing that I think needs to be explored a little more. Um, to my knowledge, no one, I mean, I don't think there's been any serious you know, D1 program to ever do it. I can't, there might've been like a Louisiana Lafayette did something like that. It was a little gimmicky, but, and, and it really kind of is, but at the same time, the wildcat was probably considered a little gimmicky at one point and to be fair, still kind of is. Um, but that's just something that I think needs to be explored a little more. And I'm not sure, at what point it will be, I don't know what you would need because obviously you'd need two quarterbacks on your team that are both run-pass options. You know, they're both dual-threat kind of guys. And as far as I can think, on in the NFL this season, there's really not any of them that are, you know, the dual-threat types where there's two, I mean, viable options. Um, I guess you could say Lamar Jackson and RG3 which uh, I don't know. That might be your best option for this kind of a thing. Just neither one of them are very, you know, stocky. You know, Tebow's a little more stocky, you know, Taysom Hill style. And you would want someone like that to be able to be your guy who can pound the ball inside if he needed to, you know, if, if on the read he was given the ball and didn't, you know, didn't dump it off to the tight end and run the seam. But I I don't know. I mean, if you didn't want to go that route and just inflame your entire fan base just for a chance at really, I think, well-thought-out perfection, I don't know. You would want to look into someone maybe like Jameis Winston where he has made a lot of very, very poor decisions throwing the ball. But he's also made a lot of really good throws down the field. This was all last year, obviously, back when he was with the Bucks. And then let's not forget the fact that Bruce Arians, every time he's been, you know, paired with a new quarterback that first year, it's always, almost always, I believe, a career high in interceptions. Pretty much always. And You have to wonder if Jameis had one more season with Arians, what his next season would look like. Because he had 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. That is is something I just cannot believe would ever be replicated. There's just no way. So, maybe he becomes a giant. Maybe Jason Garrett can do some decent things with him. It hurts to think that Jason Garrett might have answers, but he might have answers. He really might. So, I don't know, really. Jabril Peppers is incredible for the Giants. I think, I'm I'm starting to wonder if the Giants actually won the trade, getting rid of Odell. Because Jabril is, I mean... Just an incredible talent. And looking at what Odell has done and not done for the Cleveland Browns, I'm beginning to wonder and think that, you know, Giants might have won that trade. And that's not something I ever would have believed at the time that it happened. 
I mean, I was excited for Jabril Peppers. I I thought he was re- I thought he was good then. Now I think he's great. But back then, I mean, wow, wouldn't it have been nice to have a player like Odell just to stretch the field to make people double him? And I'm sitting here now thinking, you know, as nice as that really would be still to have a receiver like that. That's not really our issue. Um, our, yeah, our issue, you know, is the aforementioned Daniel Jones. Offensive line, also an issue. But as far as people getting ov- open, really not too big an issue. Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, and uh, oh, Slayton. They get open enough. It's the missed, missed opportunities, missed deep balls. I mean, sacks coming in. I don't know. I don't know. I think the Giants might have won that trade. Um, Real quick, I'm going to go ahead and uh, jump through and give my predictions for next week. That way they're on on record, Um, just in case Craig, our reporting bot, messes up again. Um, Next week, the Seahawks are playing the Washington football team. Seahawks are coming off a 40 to 3 win over the Jets. The football team's coming off a 20 to 3 to 15 victory over Mullins and the 49ers. I have to believe that Seattle defense is good enough that they'll slow down, potentially stop either Alex Smith or Dwayne Haskins, whoever ends up playing for the 49ers. Um I'm going to go 27 to 13 Seahawks. Now then, speaking of Mullins and the 49ers, they're playing the Cowboys. And, oh boy, I don't know. Because the 49ers defense is very good. The 49ers offense is very bad. The Cowboys are pretty dang bad on both sides. Their offense is better than their defense just from skill position alone. I don't know. I feel like this probably is going to be a low scoring affair. Um, 10 to 6. 10 to 6 49ers. I don't know. I could be convinced that the Cowboys will win this game, though. You know what? We'll go ahead and give it to the Cowboys. We'll say 9 to 7 Cowboys. I've completely changed my tune. 9-7 Cowboys, just because Mullins, and Mullins alone, really. Then we have Eagles-Cardinals, the Battle of the Birds, round, I don't know, 48 billion, because there's so many birds in the NFL. Anyway, if Kyler is healthy again, and Jalen Hurts is still the starter, which I believe he is, I think he's been announced as the starter for the coming week, Ooh, um, I think we go Cardinals 18. I don't know how they'll get there. And then um, Eagles 16. Don't know how they'll get there either. Maybe they'll score and go for two twice. As far as the Cardinals getting to 18, though, um, well, let's see. A touchdown, missed extra point. Um... Field goal to nine. Then they score at the end and go for two. For some reason. And they get to 18. All right, moving on. Let's see. Let's see. What do we have left? I believe all that's left is the Sunday night game. Browns-Giants. Oh, Browns-Giants. Okay. This is... uh, I believe this is going to be horrendous. I really do. The Browns defense seems to be legit. The Giants are, well, they're the Giants. So I I think I have to leave it at probably Browns will win this game unless they decide to just go full ultra old school Browns. Because I think it would be better if the Giants win this game because it's going to be tough for them next the week after. So, you know what? Yeah, we'll we'll call an upset. We'll say Daniel Jones is actually healthy this week. So, we'll 
You know, we'll say, uh, we'll say Giants, uh, Giants 20, Browns, uh, 17. Yeah, 2017, last, last second field goal by Graham Gano to win the game. That sounds fun. I'm fine with that because the Browns need the Browns. <laughs> the Browns need to Browns. Um, yeah. <laughs> Have you exhausted all measures and means? <laughs> well, yep. I can't wait uh, for. I can't wait to uh, be able to go through that and relive that because. Uh, it got pretty deep there for a little bit. So, um, what are your predictions for next week? Guess, oh my, um, Lanta! All right, let me. Let... Did, I just, I, I, that was my last one, and so now everyone knows mm-hmm. who mine are. Um, gotcha. So I won't, I won't repeat them. It's not because I don't remember them. It's definitely because, you know, they already know what it is, and I don't want to sway yeah. you. Right, right, and um, that's understandable. You want to hear my true and honest prediction. Exactly. Well, so we'll go. Uh, we'll lead off Seahawks Washington. What do you got? Seahawks Washington. So as we kind of foreshadowed earlier, you know the Seahawks are in this weird state of like, hey, we have good record and we are a good football team, but we don't really like to play like it. Well, I do remember so, they're coming um, off a forty to three win over the Jets. So right, maybe good confidence back. booster. Now, as we've seen, Washington believes in only half of what it takes to be a good football team. And that is defense, not offense. They, they believe in, you know, the, the side that classically wins championships. Historically and, and allegedly. That's defense. Mm-hmm. But not offense. And the Seahawks kind of are a little bit on the flip side. They, they believe more in their offense than their defense, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it's it's coming playoff crunch time and I think the the Seahawks are gonna make something happen, so I'm gonna say Seattle 24, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take our correct predicted score from last week Washington 15. Ah, uh, nice. That's a good one. I like mm-hmm. that. Um, next up, 49ers Cowboys. And tapped the mute button there on accident. Sorry. Oh boy. Oh boy, man. How many people get the Niners to finish the season? So <laughs> awkwardly, as much as I want to say it's like a nine to 12 loss for the Cowboys based on what we saw against the arguably better than the 49ers Bengals. Um, I don't know if they're better on defense though. The 49ers defense uh, is true. legitimate. They, they do have a real defense. So yes. that's, a, that's a little glimpse of hope, but their offense is, as we saw, even less than that yes. of Washington's. And now the Cowboys defense might as well be just an imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this one's really tough, but they have enough of an offense. So I'm going to go with uh, Cowboys 17, 49ers 14. Kind of a more normal football score. I yep. know, right? I'm, I'm pretty but sure. Honestly, I went, this game has me totally perplexed. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I went 10-6 Cowboys. Okay. Or something 10-6. Something in that ballpark. Something around there. Use your imagination. Anyway, uh, mm. the last one, uh, Eagles-Cardinals. Battle oh, of the birds, as they say. If we can even call it that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we saw Jalen Hurts and company were able to suddenly run the ball, and that was yeah. uh, that's what led to the victory. You, uh, Kyler Murray seemed to be healthy. I think mm-hmm. the Cardinals are going to make their push because they're in more of a realistic playoff spot race right now than the Eagles are. Uh, I guess where it matters more. <laughs> mm. I'm going to go with... Cardinals 21, Eagles 11. That's a goodie. And then we already. And I'll leave it up to imagination how they get to that 11. (laughs) Very good. I like that. Um, Then we already talked about the Browns Giants. Yeah. Yeah. We already talked about Unless you want to rehash any of that. 
No, no need. No need. I don't want to be a grave digger there. That one's dead and buried. We can move on from that. Um, I think last and, things last is power rankings real quick. Yes, it was something sir. I just didn't have time to get to. Fair enough. Fair enough. I know you were really crunched. So yeah, yeah, I was, I was trying to get a lot in, trying to get a lot in. Um, <laughs> what do you got? Whew, uh, okay. I go, let's see. I'll just go from the top since that seems like it'd be easier. Sadly, Washington, the football team is your clear number one. Uh, they, I guess they were my number one last week too. So they mm-hmm. stay at number one. Giants still at number two. Um, ooh, as far as number three and four. Whew, okay. One team beat the Bengals. The other team beat Taysom Hill. I guess we'll go Eagles three, Cowboys four. Yeah, that it's. I agree on the top two because those are kind of unchanged. And it was those yep. bottom two, though. That's a real topic of, like, dispute. And it could kind of go either way. Um, I actually – nope. Yeah, I can't do it right now. So, <laughs> I'll agree with you on that. I'll take I'll take Eagles 3, Cowboys 4. So, yeah. I'll take – I'll agree full slate. Full yeah, slate for no real good reason on 3 and 4, but it's power ranking, so I don't have to have a reason. Right. You literally – whatever you want you could you could do the wrong order and it would be fine and no one could no one could shake a stick at you because you could probably come up with some weird reasoning why that is i'm with you some like four-dimensional chess with us so (laughs) all right that's been long enough i think that's a good place to wrap this episode uh as always thank you for listening thank you for tuning in and don't forget to give us your thoughts. I'd like to know what you think about all this nonsense. What are your predictions? This and that, you know, whatever it is. And uh, you can do that by emailing or the rambling Viking at gmail.com. Or you can text in at 580-789-9258. And you can text the show, believe it or not. Crazy, right? Crazy times we live in. But thanks as always for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And it looks like we most likely will see you next week.